Good morning, folks, and welcome back into the pod for 2024. I hope that everybody had a wonderful holiday season, and that's part of what this pod is about. It's actually about a few different things. So, um, no, hopefully, I'm going to try not to make it in any way about uh, the upcoming election, which apparently the media thinks is like tomorrow, which it totally is not. And you wonder why people don't want to vote. It's because their brains are about to explode from all the stupidity on the media and media of all kinds. Let's just say that. So <clears throat> let's try to keep that topic on the sidelines for today. Um, cause I, for one have had it I, and I'm a political person and I, for one have had it. Um, let's see, we just got back from a short little trip. Um, I'm turning 60 this year. We're married 25 years this year. And, um, it's, you know, we just decided we're going to head to an island that's easy to get to and get some sun. And we missed the first big snowstorm in our area in three years. And I have to say, I'm not sorry that we missed it. We're grateful for my brother who was at our house. We live in a townhome. So our homeowners association handles the shoveling and the plowing and all of that. So, um, I wouldn't have been glad to miss it if my brother was handling that by himself, but thankfully he was not. And, uh, it's nice because we came back to rain and a lot of the snow has been melted by said rain. So, uh, yeah, no, I'm good without it personally. Um, still here of course, but, um, you know, not trudging through the snow at this point. And for those who are my listeners in my home area that did have to deal with it, I am sorry that you had to. Um, but after Christmas, um, I just wanted to say first that I have been saying to my classes and I'm going to say it here to hopefully a wider audience that it is not the most wonderful time of the year. Okay. It is the most wonderful time of the year when it comes to getting together with friends and family, catching up with long lost relatives, things like that seeing your children, see the magic of Christmas and being able to create it for them. Those, those are wonderful things. But let's face it. When people walk around going, Oh my God, I love the holidays. They're the best time of the year. They are not. They are not. Money is flying out your wallet. Like, I don't know, like there's a fire sale and people overdo it and it puts them into a tough position at this time of year in January which is not necessary. You don't need to buy the love of your children and your relatives and your friends. Definitely not. You shouldn't have to. If you do, then these are the wrong people. Um, You can make it magical for your children in so many different ways that don't require millions of dollars to come out of your wallet. Like it's going out of style. Okay. And the winter weather here in New England sucks. And don't try to tell me this bullshit about how I love sweater weather. No, you don't. Okay. Cause I see my clients faces. Okay. I see their faces seven times a week. Right now it's 50, 49 weeks a year. Okay. I see that people are miserable. They get sick more easily, especially after COVID. Um, they are irritated, aggravated, Um, not only are the holiday bills coming in, but the utility bills are higher because we're heating our homes. Um, you have to wear enough clothes that you look like the Michelin man, 
most of the time. Now we've had a mild winter thus far here and our winters, according to NOAA, um, the National Atmospheric Organization, not some guy in Lowell who's doing the weather, um, <clears throat> New England will experience the most reduction in snowpack in the country due to climate change. I, for one, am for that. Okay? Um, people that are walking all over the place this time of year, or in the fall, actually, oh, I love the cooler weather, there's no bugs, I get to wear sweaters, and eat, drink hot chocolate, and sit around in front of a fire. Oh, really? Well, let me, let me help you. I grew up in Southern California with a short stint in the prison that I like to call Montana due to the insanity of both my mother and my stepfather, okay? And I do mean real insanity and mental illness, all right? I didn't own a coat until I was 12 years old. And quite frankly, I didn't wear shoes unless I was in school. And so that's how I grew up. <clears throat> I can tell you that people here are miserable in the fall and the winter. Absolutely miserable. They have shitty attitudes. They're negative, pissy all the time. And I wore sweaters in California, FYI. Santa also showed up, even though we were at the beach. And you can still drink hot chocolate. And Starbucks in LA serves pumpkin lattes. So you're not going to miss out on that shit. You do not need shitty weather. You do not need shitty weather to have a pumpkin latte and wear a sweater. No, you do not. You can also have a bonfire on the beach drinking your hot chocolate and your pumpkin latte and your sweater and your fuzzy socks and the fire keeps the bugs away. And by the way, I didn't grow up with a lot of bugs because <clears throat> there aren't that many bugs. There are bugs in California. Truth be told, there are. But they're a lot less than there are here. I got allergies when I moved here. I got frizzy hair. And I break zippers on coats on the regular. <coughs> Excuse me. Morning throat. Sorry, guys. Um... I break zippers on coats on the regular because I literally never wore a coat for the first 12 years of my life. So as far as, and this might sound weird, working a zipper, if it's not in a pair of jeans or a pair of pants or in a dress, it's just weird. It's weird. And I'm sure that sounds weird to you. I get it. You don't need all this. You don't need to have everything look brown for... Four, five, four months out of the year, three months out of the year, and like it. It's There's no leaves on the trees. There's no flowers out. The birds are not singing. Um, I can tell you from going on a five-day vacation, and we've taken winter vacations before, um, it's nice to see flowers and color and hear the birds and not have to put on four layers of clothing so that you survive and don't get hypothermia when you're going to the grocery store, okay? And having to dig out of snow and all of that. Now, you might say, and 
I will validate this. Yeah, but you have fires and hurricanes, or you have fires and uh, earthquakes. Uh huh. Well, let me explain that. Growing up in California, where I grew up, we had we were right straddling the San Andreas Fault, and during my growing up years, we had one larger earthquake, a seven, okay, which is relatively strong. Yeah, I mean, it shook things at our house. I remember it. I was maybe four years old. I am not four years old now. <clears throat> I'm not even 40 years old. And I'm older than that. And I remember it. But just like people here, well, not all people, <laughs> most people prepare for snow and storms. People in California are prepared for earthquakes. People in the South and the Midwest are prepared, theoretically, for tornadoes. And the infrastructure of your area also, okay, should be built around those weather events that can be, that can happen in your area of the country. <clears throat> I say theoretically because there are way too many people I mean, I've lived here since 1982, so I've actually lived here longer than I've lived anywhere else. And what I can tell you is I still don't like it. Secondarily, um, people are not prepared. They don't know how to drive in winter weather. Why do I? Because I got my driver's license in Montana. We have to get our driver's licenses in two sections. <coughs> one in the winter, driver's ed, and one in the summer or fall, spring, or whatever. One in better weather, one in winter weather, okay? People should do that here. There was a 30-year-old man from New Hampshire who died on 495 during the winter storm that just happened. They don't know how long he was deceased because nobody could see his car. And the estimate by the state police is that during the height of the storm, I'm sure they've now spoken to his family or friends or wherever he was coming from, he was doing an excess of 80 miles an hour on 495 in a very light SUV. However the crash happened, nobody could see the car because nobody was out. The car was then covered with snow, okay? And he was not found. Maybe he could have been saved. But because of his reckless behavior and the weather, of course, he is deceased at 30 years old. And I feel awful for him and his family. But we all have to take responsibility. I will tell you that if I had had, my husband and I had had human children, they would have taken a defensive driving course in addition to their regular driving school because it is insufficient in this state. The training that drivers receive, whether they be adults getting a license for the first time or teenagers getting a first license, it's insufficient. I promise you it's insufficient. Look around the road. You'll, you'll see it. If you just, for one day when you're driving around, you'll notice how insufficient it is. 
I did not take driving courses here in Massachusetts. In fact, I did not have to take the Massachusetts driver's test. <clears throat> I took my driving education in a different state that takes it very seriously because of the severe weather that happens in that area of the country. Okay? Please teach your kids to drive in snow. I know it's going to give you agita. I know you might need a Xanax. I understand. I can't even imagine teaching a child to drive. I've never done that. Those of you who've done it, I, my hat's off to you. I don't know how you did it. I know they also got driver's ed, but still, you had to drive with them, and I personally probably would have freaked out. I would have let my husband do it. I'm going to be honest. I don't have that personality to be able to be that patient, and I... Maybe I would if I had human kids. I would hope that I would have worked on that seriously. But please, teach your kids how to drive in winter weather. <clears throat> teach them not to go out when the storm that rolled in here this past weekend is rolling in. Even if they're adults, young adults, impart to them that they should not take those chances. And if they do need to go to work or they need to be somewhere slow and steady wins the race. Okay. Not 80 miles an hour in your very light SUV that rolled over by the side of the road and nobody saw you. And now, now you're lost to your family and your life is cut short and that's terrible. It's awful. <clears throat> and my heart goes out to that family. So that's the winter part. New Englanders, you do not have to say that you like pumpkin lattes and sweaters and cold weather to be a true New Englander. No, you don't. Be honest. You hate it. Okay? Be honest. You do. 90% of people that shout out that bullshit line are way happier people, I have observed this, in the summer. Days are longer. You get more light. It's okay. We are human beings that need light. There's nothing wrong with saying, this sucks, but we're going to get through it. We have to put a happy face on it. We can't be miserable all winter. Let's use our happy light. Let's get outside and do what we can do. Let's go to get together with friends. If you're able to take a short trip, get some more sun, you know, all those things. You can, you can make it positive without lying and saying you like it. Okay. So let's not gaslight other people. All right. <clears throat> now, our five-day trip was to an island country, okay? Uh, we've been there before, have not been for many, many years, like 15, 12, something like that, I don't know. We liked it, we picked a different resort, we went with a different, we did not do an all-inclusive, we got a condo so we could make breakfasts and lunches in, because that's what we like to do, Okay those with children. I understand if you don't like to do that because you do it every day. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I also make breakfast and lunch every day, but I don't have to make it for, you know, little people who are fickle and want 12 different things at breakfast. So I get it. Um, and we loved our condo, um, different level than in Maui where we are in our, we owned a condo, condo complex. We go to the same place different level, but very nice, huge pool. Um, and the way they have the pool is really interesting. Like the pool is sections, but it's kind of all connected 
and it, just really cool. Um, the weather, of course, stellar, way down by the equator. Um, beautiful. Um, rem reminded me that the Caribbean is very humid, and you know that starts with the hair. Um, luckily, I did bring most of my products, so you know it wasn't a disaster for the hair department. Um, <clears throat> we got swimming in. We got. You know, we got a car this time. We drove around. We explored a bit more. So much development, um, which is understandable. It's been 15 years or so. And um, just beautiful properties and lots of options and great for singles, couples, families. Just really nice and a lot of different choices and can really fit practically anyone. Direct flights from Boston, which is huge. Um, JetBlue does get a demerit. Um you know, even though there was a medical emergency on the plane that was coming for us in Aruba, most of that, I mean, they got the person right off and got them to help, but then they spent an hour and a half looking for their luggage. When the person is home in Boston and God forbid in the hospital, you can deliver their luggage to them. It's just going to go to Aruba and come right back on the same plane. It's not like it's taking three different stops and it's going to get Confucius and all that stuff. You know, just leave the bag on the plane. It'll fly to Aruba. You could find it there because it'll be easier to find and then send it back and then you can deliver it to the person. I hope that person is okay. I hope they're not hospitalized, but it backed everything up for hours and hours and hours. And then we flew in in the rainstorm that came and our pilot was amazing. Honestly, the flight, they warned us it might be bumpy. It was not. She was awesome loving seeing way, way, way more female pilots and co-pilots. Um, awesome. Just wonderful. But here are some observations. Okay. <sighs> Deep breath. There was an incident last week on Alaska Airlines where it wasn't a door. It was a section of the plane that blew out due to a manufacturing defect in the Boeing MAX 9 aircraft. It wasn't Amer Alaska Airlines' fault. This was a new plane to them. And that is a manufacturing issue from Boeing. The important thing here, first of all, everybody was okay on the plane. Female pilot got the plane down. Everybody was okay. No injuries. Um, a shirt and an iPhone got sucked out of the plane. And the iPhone actually survived. I mean, kudos to Apple, 16,000 foot fall. The phone still works. Awesome. Um, nobody was hurt. That is the important thing, number one. And they're addressing the manufacturing issue. All the planes are out of service. So the public is safe. But the NTSB is reminding everyone, and I'm going to remind everyone in my classes, and I'm going to remind you here. If you have a small child, and I know this is a financial thing, and I get it, we all have a budget, man, and when you're over it, you're over it, but for the safety of your child, you must purchase a seat for them and bring their car seat, and I know, I've seen, I have friends this is a huge pain in the ass. Huge. The car seats are big. 
They are not easy to carry. They are not easy to get down the aisle of a plane. They are not fun to buckle in. All of the things. But if there had been a toddler or an infant sitting on the lap of a parent during that flight on Alaska Airlines, when that plane depressurized, that child would have been sucked out the hole. I'm just going to say it. That child would have died. Now, I think we can all agree that there is nothing more important, even as a person who does not have children, I have godchildren who are like my own. Literally would take a bullet for either one of them. And I'm not kidding. I would step in front of a bullet for either of those children in a nanosecond. I wouldn't even think about it. Okay? I love them. But I'm not their parent. So the love I have has a limit. The love you have as a parent is limitless. Okay? Adopted, naturally born, doesn't matter. Imagine, God forbid, that you had your child on your lap and that you were on that flight. You would have never forgiven yourself. Now, I think the airlines should cut parents some slack when they have to buy a seat for a child under a certain age, okay, who can't sit in an airline seat and be buckled in. I don't know what age that is. I know right now they say it's two and under, but I I think it's probably older, okay? And the fact that um, (laughs) you can't leave the hospital with your newborn infant unless in Massachusetts, I don't know how it is in other states, you cannot leave this hospital with you, your newborn infant that you as a woman have just pushed out and your partner, parents, you cannot leave the hospital without having made an appointment at the fire station to go and have them help you install your car seat and it is installed properly and then, and only then, may you leave the hospital with your newborn. What? But on an airplane, which by the way, flies at over 500 miles an hour through the air, okay, through the air, you can hold your newborn on your lap. That doesn't make any sense to me. That does not make any sense to me. Especially when we have Boeing, who needs to pull their shit together, making airplanes that, oops, forgot to put the plugs in and half of the wall of the plane flew out and depressurized and the oxygen masks came down. And holy shit, a little boy who did have a seat and did have his seatbelt on, his shirt was sucked off of him. Okay. So... Hello, this is a problem. We can't allow this. And so I think what has to happen is education and realization. And you know, you don't want to scare people, but 
Maybe we want to scare people. Just a little bit. Please, if you have a toddler or an infant, buy them a seat. And again, I think the airlines should work with parents or grandparents or whomever. Okay? (laughs) They should work with you. If you are a couple traveling with one child, that child's seat should be discounted. I don't know. Maybe it already is. I have no idea. But all I'm saying is they should work with you. You should not be paying full price for that seat for your infant. Because what you're doing is the right thing. We saw on our trip many parents who did this. They bought a seat for their infant or toddler and they... um, buckled them in correctly, and the child was safe, okay? We also saw many parents who did not do that. And I will tell you that what I observed is the children that were in their car seats, because they're used to being in it in the car, and when they're traveling in a car, they were calmer than the children that were being held on the lap. They were. Because that is a sense of safety to a child, and the smells of their car seat. And I'm sure there's a liner that you put in it and all of those things, they're used to that. They're not used to traveling through space, sitting on your lap. They're just not. Now we were, us old people, because there weren't seatbelts invented and there weren't car seats and Jesus Christ, it's amazing that we all made it. I mean, honestly, it's amazing that we all made it. I can't even believe it that we all made it sometimes. But we did, and uh, now kids need to be in a car seat, and they need to be in a car seat in an airplane, and that is a fact. And so I'm asking you as a person, I'm advocating for your child that you put them in a car seat on a plane. And I know, again, I know this is a massive pain in the ass. Maybe the car seat makers can come up with an easier to navigate with car seat that parents can get. I think they should because parents deserve to have something easy to travel with so that it's easier for you to make that decision. When things are a pain in the ass, people don't want to do them. I don't. I I get it. I don't want to do things that are a pain in the ass. Absolutely not. But sometimes, sometimes we need to. And this is one of those times, for sure. And also, by the way, if you are traveling and you're not used to traveling, talk to people who are used to traveling before you travel. Get your shit together. Okay? I know it's disorienting and confusing to be in the airport, but there are other people. My husband was shoved. We were lining up to board. And instead of using a separate line for the award customers on JetBlue, the Mosaic customers, they put us all in one line. So we stepped to the side to let the Mosaic customers go through because we, we do not have status on that airline. And we were, but we were in the first boarding group after the award people. 
So we stepped to the side to let all those people through. And then as they finished up and, and we stepped to the center, a guy shoved us or shoved my husband. And I'm like, excuse me. And he's like, we're boarding group A. And I said, so are we. And he just pushed right past us. I'm like, dude, you don't get to act like an asshole because you're in the airport. Okay. Don't, don't do it. Don't do it again. Don't do it again. And to the airports, you need to fill the toilet paper in the bathrooms on a regular basis, please. And thank you. And if you are planning on going to Aruba, which is where we went, give it a few years because they're adding on to their um, airport and there are way more people going and it's wonderful, but the airport is rough. It's a long line. You got Aruban immigration, you got U.S. immigration coming back, you got customs. They just need to expand their airport to handle the crowds and they're doing that. They need a couple years to get it done. Wonderful place, wonderful people, wonderful trip. But just be ready for the airport and as long as you are, you'll be good. Have a great day, guys.